So, hi everyone. I'm here with uh, Pete Cohen today, who's a performance coach and and an all-round guru, I think, around sort of you know managing high-performance teams. Uh, and I know you've been doing a lot of work around resiliency uh, recently, just with the, with the pandemic and stuff. So, so Pete, thanks very much. Uh, thanks very much for agreeing to chat with me. I, I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure, Chris. You know, you and I have some history, so I was I always like working with people that I already have a working relationship with. And yeah, you know. When you said guru, that was a that was that was that title was given to me not from going to some ashram in India, but it was someone who was quite well known said, "Oh, I know you're a guru because you give the give you the results you want." So um, <laughs> very good. I'm quite I'm pretty prolific um, at finding the results or the solutions to the problems that people have. You know, my dad my dad brought me up to. To believe it's not what you know, it's who you know. And my mum always said there's an answer to everything. So professionally, I believe there is a, an answer to, and personally, if there's an answer to the people's problems that they have. And if I don't have the answers, then I will go and track down the person who does. So, yeah. 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 Fantastic, fantastic. So so the last the last year has been a bit of a strange one, hasn't it? I mean, I know I mean, <laughs> you, and, you and I were sort of like, uh, we chatted for a while and sort of like, you know, seen you sort of like, you know, launching big events, standing in front of huge crowds and sort of like, you know, I've sort of been in the call center world as well. And it's like, it's been a, it's been a change. I mean, we're all like essentially been stuck at home. I mean, what, what have you seen with, I suppose, with, 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 with what you do, but then also with, with the clients as well. I mean, what's, what, what's, I mean, it must've been a massive impact. Well, you know, obviously this is something I'm actually asked quite a lot about, you mm. know, what, what is the impact of, of what's happened on organizations? Mm. And I haven't been able to have too many conversations with too many people because my work has, has been face to face. So mm. what, just before COVID came along, you know, I moved to where I live now to be near the airport because literally I was just flying all over the place and doing mm. uh, speaking engagements, but then often doing some ongoing work with people. So you, and people in organizations so it's been quite difficult to grasp but i think it's pretty clear what's happening and it's not good you know yeah. it's not good however you look at it um i was talking to someone yesterday who, who we both know and i was asking that person i was saying you know tell me what's going on and they said well initially with the first lockdown people a lot of people like that they they kind of like the idea of being in meetings like this where they might be just wearing, you know, shorts and you mm. wouldn't know that, right? Because you can only mm. see my polo shirt and just that kind of different way of working. But mm. people were then working longer in many cases because they were, and they weren't switching off, which is another, this kind of, uh, there's a term called, you know what, it's transference where mm. task switching, you go from one task in a room then you go into another, but you're still doing that task. You're still in work mode. What we're seeing now, from what I understand, is a lot of people who want to get out of the home. They want to be they want to be around people. They want to be around yeah. the water cooler. They want to be having conversations. They want to they want that connection. And there are a lot of there were a lot of mental health challenges before, but now, you know, suicide is up. There, there's a lot more distress. A lot of people needing occupational, um, you know, health and um, occupational intervention. You know, I think I think initially I think people were sort of it's been quite it was quite nice I think actually working from home because you can just interact with people over video calls and I think there's been some great things in terms of what certainly what I've heard is you know people get to you can be anywhere in the country you can be anywhere frankly in the world pretty much with the flip of a switch right and and that and that's been that's been a real sort of an enabler for lots of people and I think the good thing about it has been 
has been that almost like that work-life balance in in some in some in, in, in some aspects is like yes. that, uh, you want to go and pick up your kids uh, you know at three o'clock or at four o'clock i mean you don't have an hour and a half commute or you're not traveling from glasgow or you know uh, penzance wherever it is to, to get home to be able to do it so, so that that piece has been fantastic however i think it's i think and i think we've seen a big increase in terms of productivity as well so i think sort of people have you know they've either used that time to to invest it into things that they might want to do so it's either they use the commute to like learn new stuff um they've used the commute to um may you know maybe maybe get more stuff done as well right so you just you can just turn things around quicker um so i think there's there's that there's that there's there's, there's that piece uh, as well but i think it's also been a bit over time it's been wearing because i think it's just back-to-back calls and people sort of it wears you down right so i think there's a bit of sort of like exhaustion that's sort of that's yeah. sort of sort of creeping in which is why i think you sort of like people want the human interaction now a little bit because they want to get out and sort of have a change have you see what i mean um and i think there's almost like there's like a lethargy that's going on uh, i think a little bit that's what i kind of feel at least anyway it's like yeah i think the lethargy is and then now people are having to return some people returning to work it's really Mm. hard work for a lot of people because they're just so out of the habit of doing it thinking i found a um on facebook i saw a memory you know facebook memories it just came up and it was like four years ago i was with a friend from texas and I was I, I filmed with him. I didn't film anyone because of the back of people, but it was a Waterloo station. Yeah. And it was literally probably 20 people in front of you t- to get on the train. Yeah. Uh, and, and and we went on the train and we were going to Canary, one stop after Canary Wharf. Yeah. And it was fascinating because literally everyone's squeezing in to get in Canary Wharf. They all just go off. And then we were yeah. on our own again, going to the next stop. And there has been this way of this is how we do things. This is how things are. But that's that has obviously changed. And now we know mm-hmm. many organizations are not going to work in the same ways that they did. But the, the question I would be asking is, OK, well, what do our people need then? What do they need for, from us? I would have asked that. Well, I was asking that question before COVID. How do we get the best out of our people? But it's a challenge, right, for employers to reach out to the people to find out look, how are you? And if people are actually going to be really honest with actually how they're feeling and the pre, because my experience, Chris, of working in the corporate world for over twenty, over twenty, well over twenty years, is when you ask these types of questions, especially in a group, people are very much like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not telling you anything because I don't want to reveal that I've got a weakness because you might use that against me. And do you think it's do you think it's hard to break that down? like remotely as well just is that easier because so, when you talk about with people one-on-one right you can usually get you usually have a you know a human conversation with people around what's what you know what's it what's impacting them those kind of things it takes a while but you build up that relationship right do you think has that translated through to to the online world or do you think it's or do you think it's more difficult i think it's a good question it obviously depends on on the individual but i think a lot of people feel more comfortable in yeah. this in this way they feel almost less judged and yeah um, yeah, it's it's a very tricky situation to manage people's well-being, isn't it? You know, mm. it's like you've just got a job and that's your job. That's what we pay you for. But I don't know how you you position this. If someone works for you, what is your response? There are moral responsibilities, right? There are obligations to people. I mean, I think I think I think during during the lockdown, I mean, I mean the people piece seems to have come much more to the fore, right? Because we've all been going through, I mean, we've all been going through it, right? And it's been a bit of a hard time. I suppose it's just like, how do you navigate that in the new environment? And particularly, I mean, you know, and is that going to be a pressure for them to people be be back on site? And is that going to be a release for people? Um, because I do, I think, it's just, I just think it's been really tough the last 
the, the last the last 12 months really um, it's the impact of things mm. so so uh, if you're an individual who's gone through this experience of working in a different way you might not even realize mm. the impact that has had on you i didn't i mean mm. i didn't realize at all what was going on mm. because i i wasn't aware enough because mm. i went from you know going to various meetings and i spend a fair amount of time at home but when covid hit obviously i worked out after a few weeks oh my god i'm working so hard i'm not switching yeah. off yeah. there's no and I, I had to really have a bit of a conversation with myself because I, I was really burnt out, but was not even leaving the house, right? So that's, you know, that's me. I think that what what organize that what I'm encouraging organizations to do is to have conversations with, you know, people in your teams around what is the impact for you? Because mm. let's be honest, human beings are very adaptable. That's mm. one of our greatest qualities, right? We can adapt to situations circumstances but what is the impact of that what mm. is the impact long term of that so, so as, and as humans we tend to sort of like uh, just like, like just paint um you know, see things as opposed through our own lens through our own the lens of our own eyes right but also make sort of generalizations as well and i think that's that's also a danger surely as well i mean like the, the experience going back to to the pandemic and the experience has been different for every individual as well and even individuals and in, you know in groups will have different experiences from each other's in the in the group and i suppose it's down to that isn't it down to like in individuals and, and trying to understand their situation and their individual and how they react and how they feel about it as much as sort of like doing this broad brush approach yeah, I mean, it's very easy, isn't it? S yeah. Sweep it under the carpet. Very the, a British way is just pull your socks up. Come on, yeah. be resilient. You know, what the hell does that mean? And I know we can talk about that. Someone who's had a big impact on me who I've never met was Martin Luther King. I, I came across this thing that he said, I don't know where, but he said the most important question we should be asking of each other is, what can I do for you? Mm. How can I help you? What do you need? You know, even having those, you know, what has the impact been of what's been on? You know, what's that been like for you? How can I help you with this? Because in in so many cases, people feel better from being able to vocalize that. And then they actually realize, you know what, I'm not the only one who's felt like completely losing it. Oh, you're there's something quite powerful in shared experience. Mm -hmm. But then even for me, even before COVID, you know, the thing I'm interested in is building people, building you know you want to scale your business okay scale your people don't and don't pay lip service to it you know scaling individuals and building people personally okay that's not for every organization it's not for every person because you could present something like that as an initiative in an organization and a lot of people just wouldn't be interested but mm. let me give you the analogy of a um, hundred people that join a health club right I'm talking about wellness so not just physical well-being a hundred people join a health club you can bet that a third will not come mm. or they won't be there in a year's time then mm. you have a third that they will come you know maybe not a third it's probably less you know that they basically they love to do it it's what they do and mm. then you have all these people in the middle that could go one way or the other what could you do with those people that the elite you know the high performing of people that like to exercise and what could you do with the ones in the middle to really help them make mental health physical health a part of what they do for me there's only one way there has to be some form of coaching there has to be some short sort some sort of intervention where you create a culture that's just what people do but it's almost like we've gone through it and you almost like get through that period beforehand almost like on adrenaline don't you 
and it's almost like and I think and I just I kind of feel that like almost like there's there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel and now our people are starting to relax and it's almost like when you relax it's it's also then when all this stuff comes out right so you didn't realize that you were stressed before but but now you sort of see well maybe we could go back to normal now it's gonna is it now gonna come out and are we now gonna have to start to deal with a whole new set of change as a result right uh, well I think I think, I think that's gonna happen I think a lot of people would really like a holiday <laughs> yeah but even the holidays can be very stressful and let's be honest that's not going to happen uh, for for a while i always find it really interesting if you come into a position where you you're leading what is the expectation of the leader on on the people who are in charge of the leader you know the the mm. shareholders or the exec team the other execs then um the the leadership environment that is already there that already exists and then going in and, and looking to change that it's it's a tough thing to do to bring about yeah. cultural change and cultural change is incredibly difficult <laughs> and you know uh, but the word someone was asking me this about the other day about culture and cult and i said do you not know where the word culture comes from it comes from where the word cult comes from it comes from a culture right so if you want that cult like culture then mm -hmm. you're going to have to it's yeah, like you say, if, if if something is already there and that's what people are used to, how do you create a culture where people really care for each other and support each other, their well-being? Because let's face it, so many organisations are built on maximising shareholder value. I know that's changing, and I know a lot of companies are realising our people are our greatest assets, and we need to we need to invest in them. I'm just curious as to what your thoughts are. Yeah, I th I think um, um, I think it comes back to what you're saying earlier around listening to people, right? So you've got to listen to people, mm. um, and that's how you can find, and that's 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 how you can sort of drive some of that. Uh, I think I, I think it's I think it's you've got to have a fundamental need to be able to listen to folks. Yeah, which I think a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people yeah. struggle with and the yeah. listening piece in the in the in the pandemic. I suppose where we sit now. Do you think that's going to be harder to put back in? I think one of the fears I have about about the return to the office is um, is that we don't do that. And if you look at some of the you look at some of the some of the, the announcements coming up, about everyone needs to go back. I mean, you are just dealing with people who are just like this, almost like generalizations as well. Let's just just snap back to the way things were before. And, you know, people have been through a lot over the last year and. You know, if we now we have to be commuting down to London every every day, and and we've we've built up over the last year all these new habits and some good things and some things we're frustrated about, and if we just try and just revert back to the way things were, I think I just my fear is it's going to create more problems um, from a motivation point of view. All of a sudden, you know, I was used to for 20 years commuting down to London. I, it was three or four hours out of my day every day. I've had a year of not doing that, and you know. Do I really want to go back to that? And if I'm forced to go back to that, on top of all this other burden that's going on over the last year, is that going to make me even more stressed? Well, there's only one way. There's only one way to find out, isn't there? You have to ask. Yeah. And you have to ask the right questions because sometimes you have to ask a question, then another question to get to the heart of of it, the crux of it. You have to really, really care yeah. because you're right. I mean, a lot of people now, I would imagine, I know people think, you know what? I can't believe I did that for so many years. I can't believe I got on the train and spent, you know, an hour and a half commuting, an hour and a half coming back. I don't want to do that anymore. So, yeah, that's bound to – some people probably can't wait to get out of the house and go back to work. But, yeah. you know, this is the thing that, you know, just to, that expectation that everything will be okay. Hang on, hang on. We are human beings and we yeah. – we, 
through experience, it affects us. And if anything, history should teach us that when things like this happen, not that anything like this has happened specifically before, but when, when major things happen, there is an impact of that. I remember reading about the Boston bombings, that people that watched more than five hours of that on television experienced more post-traumatic stress than the people that were there. Mm. You know, and this has been an ex that's the other side of which we've not really talked about is the you know, the whole people that have known people who have died. Mm. Um, and um, I don't think it's gone away. And again, if we're looking at what do people need, I think people need a new perspective of uh, new ways of, of working and moving through the world. They need to be stronger mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, and we need to we need to just be mindful of what might happen next but to preempt that is difficult to know how is this all going to play out but the more we start kind of talking about it having conversations the more we might be able to deal with what happens for me it is all about the human contact even though we are moving more and more into a virtual reality and artificial intelligence i think you know someone i was again reading that someone said if you want a new idea read an old book mm -hmm. you know ai versus AI, ancient intelligence, that we are human yeah. beings. If we are moving ourselves into a world where we have less contact with each other, what's the impact of that? Mm -hmm. Human beings in our DNA, we are wired up to survive in groups. Um, so I, I don't know, I'm concerned uh, about the way that we are living. And that was before COVID, too much information, people being burnt out, a lot of distraction, a lot of mental health problems. Mm. um what's the answer you know you know this the expression right if you always do what you've always done you'll always get what you've always got if we think that what we were doing before is going to be effective now i think we're kidding ourselves because everything has changed but, but i think that's quite interesting so i remember you saying that around you you've got to do something different i think you're talking about um you're talking about the gym i think at the time it was like yeah. you, you've lost so much weight and like you need to if it's not going down any further now you need to do something different but i think it's it's true and it's almost like the 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 pandemic has almost like forced us to do something different so we've we've had like a year of like well we our hand was forced to do something i look at digital adoption we've been forced to do it um and there's been some good stuff as well but it's also but that doesn't mean we just necessarily go back to the way things were because we need to learn from it every time don't we and now maybe we now need to do something different again and it's almost like forcing ourselves to do something different again okay so okay things on that. you know when, when do we get to see the best in human beings mm. it's mainly in a disaster. I used to live in Lab Grove, I used to live on a boat. Um, I woke up to a smell, I went outside, Grenville Towers was on fire. Mm. I knew people that lived there, they didn't talk to each other, mm. they hated each other. But that situation brought out a side of people that we don't normally see, mm. which was amazing. And that seems, it seems to be what happens, a catastrophe, a disaster, it's human, a diagnosis, a prognosis. A prognosis. Oh. And, and that's the thing interesting about human beings is we have the dignity of choice, mm. right? which other animals and nature doesn't, it just does what it does, but we have choice. So what, what happens is I've been working with um, the executive team at Southampton Hospital. And what's interesting there is, you know, we were talking about what tends to happen with a, a hospital disaster. Um, people rise up, but afterwards they go into a depression because they've got nothing to aim for. It's mm. just the, 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 the drudgery, the drudgery, yeah, the day yeah, to day, yeah, which is imagine yeah. working in a hospital. I mean, you know, boom, boom. If you don't have something to aim for, so 
my solution to that is you need to get people inspired about something that's in front, about things being better than they are today. And that takes a special type of leadership. Yeah. And what you do know? you think the inspiration is for now, though? Because it, it does, I mean, the drudgery piece, I mean, I, I kind of get the sense that a lot of people are feeling that now in terms of like we've been through. I mean, it's just, it's been the same, right? And even the holidays, right? We talk about holidays is you go on holiday and it's it's kind of, it's the same location. It's the same stuff. Your laptop's still there if you want it. And it's like, it's it's not different, right? So it's, it, is, it is that sort of, um, it's the being worn down. So what's the, how do we, we can talk a bit about resilience, but it's also like, how do we have something to aim for? I mean, what is there to aim for? Because, you know, going back to the way things were, isn't necessarily, we, we've seen some of the things that didn't work well before as well. I mean, what, 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 what do you, th- what, I mean, what do you think? I mean, it's, um, I think it is an age, it's an age old problem mm. of not having something in front of you that excites you that you want to do. Mm. And, if you don't have that, that's why a lot of people resort to a short-term fix, whether that's scrolling on the internet, whether that's drinking, excessive eating, drugs, whatever it is, there's a way of just feeling good because we all love to feel good. But you mm. know what? What do people really want? I, I, this is from my experience, my work in, in human behavior for you know nearly 30 years is about people want fulfillment and they want to grow, they want mastery, they want to get better at things, they want to feel that they're a part of something. So mm. in terms of organizations, organizations really have to galvanize people to say, look, you know, this is what's happened, but this is still what we're about, and we want you to be a part of this. I mean, that's mm. not easy to do, but it's not difficult, is it? You know, we're a team. Our back's against the wall. We've got some major challenges. Do you want to be a part of this? And you, you know, because our, our attention is being fragmented. Yeah. That is something else that we, we need to really help people in organization is to train their attention. Mm. And that's why things like mindfulness techniques are powerful, because if you don't become aware that your mind is wandering or everywhere, then it will just keep wandering. And then yeah. you'll wonder why you just get you can't remember what you were doing. You'll get burnt out. And that, that worries me a bit with the, um, I suppose what we've seen there with the digital interaction is it, it is so relentless. You got call after call. I know you got a call after this. I'll have a call after this. And we'll we'll call after call. And it's like you don't have that time to think or be human in between. And it just and you just you know you 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 don't have that space right. So you just you just become transactional right. Uh, and that and that that has an impact as well. Yeah, it's called. Um, there's a, there is a word for it where you well you it's it's more than just digesting. You assimilate yeah. what has just happened, yeah. and if you don't, you won't <laughs> you won't sleep yeah. very well. You know, there's a, there's a reason why children when they go to sleep at night they do this rapid eye movement. You know, and because they're they're just processing everything that they've seen. Mm. And if you're not giving yourself a chance to just switch off. That was my problem when in lockdown. I was not, I was just literally meeting after meeting after meeting, not switching off, not going outside. (laughs) But I've addressed that now because I realized my productivity was going down and people were, my wife was telling me. (laughs) So so if there's, if there's one thing, I suppose, from, you know, from, from your sort of like, you know, performance side and sort of like the resilience side, I mean, what do you think, what do you think we should, we should do? I mean, from, I mean, you sort of spend time talking with people about this stuff pretty much you know most days 
what's what's your recommendation? Is it is it is it reaching out to people? You know, just trying to contact people. Any any sort of any thoughts? Really? Okay, so the first thing is about resilience. So a lot of people think that that is about bouncing back. Look, mm. you can't bounce back. You can't go back. You, all you can do is move through. So mm. we have an opportunity. That's what resilience means. It actually means to move through something. And what is going to happen? Well, there's going to be more challenges ahead. So organizations should be really thinking about how can we make our people more resilient? How can we make them feel more valued? Mm. One way to find out that out is to find out what people really value, mm. is to have conversations with people. Um, and in terms of what I think organizations can do, they could work to skill up their people, work with someone like me. Obviously, I don't have any issues um, promoting myself but i'm happy to talk to you know i'm talking to i'll talk to a lot of ceos and mds about mm. how to navigate because navigate through this and speak to other leaders who, who are and be open to working in a new way and supporting people in a new way and just be curious i really would be asking people to you could be opening up the floodgates mm. but you could be saying to people listen i genuinely care and I know this month, I'm curious, how has this experience been for you? And listen, what mm. can I do for you? I mean, how long is that going to take? Uh, John Sellins, who's a good friend of mine, who used to be one of the execs at um, Wembley, you know, he used to literally walk around and go up to people and all the time. Hey, how are you? What's going on? Mm. How are your family? Get to know everyone. Well, you mm. might not be able to do that on the shop floor, but you can do it still like this. Mm. Um, just show that you care. Yeah, I mean, I, th I suppose the opportunities, the opportunities there in terms of like when you go back, uh, or if we do go back, is to, I mean, there's there's a trigger there, isn't there, to have that conversation of how are things going, and just making it's making the time for it, isn't it? Yeah, and and tr trying to make it not just a superficial, you know, how are you? Oh, I'm okay. Yeah. All right, great. Bye. Yeah. You know, you know <laughs> maybe just go a bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, Pete. Uh, thanks very much for making the time. Uh, I really always really, a pleasure. Really, yeah, really appreciate it. So uh, it's always great to chat with you. All the best, Chris. Okay, thanks, Pete.